calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. Listen to mysteries about true histories on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a few more seconds, Jack. I cannot wait to see your cosplay for the comic convention, Ren. Ready in three, two, one. Ta-da! It's Octogal, the superheroine with eight arms and supreme ruler of the deep sea. Those arms are amazing. What are they made of? Slinky toys held together with bubble wrap. And my suction cups are coffee machine filters glued to my arms. Amazing! Your Octogal pairs well with my costume. Flame Fiend, a cursed soul who defends the Earth from the wicked by riding his fiery skateboard. Ooh, I love the orange suit and flame-painted skateboard. With matching flame-painted mask. Check it! Nice. Now that our costumes are ready, we can take off and go wait seven hours to get into the convention's main hall and catch the Octogal vs. Flame Fiend movie panel. Oh, yeah! Wait, why do they do movie panels at a comic book convention, Ren? Well, pretty much every superhero movie ever made started out as a comic book track. And that's why comic conventions began, to celebrate the creators and artists behind those stories. Huh. I guess I really don't know much about comic books. What? So many of the cool movies, TV shows, and video games we love once got their start that way. Then it sounds like Octogal and Flame Fiend need to partner up and save my thirst for knowledge from not being quenched. Let's save that thirst, Flame Fiend. I'm burning for some learning. Nice catchphrase, Drac. Thanks. I just made it up. Okay, Ren. To the Dracmobile! Uh, the Dracmobile? <laughs> By Dracmobile, I mean the Coffin of Curiosity, of course. Stand by! Away we go! Okay, computer, we're learning all about comic books today. Here we are in the United Kingdom in 1897 where a series of comic strips called The Yellow Kid and McFadden's Flat is published for the first time in book form. 
So it's a comic book. Why is the character called the Yellow Kid? Because he wears yellow. But it also refers to something called yellow journalism, which in newspaper terms back then meant sensationalism, or making a story out to be way more dramatic than it really is. So how was the Yellow Kid connected to that? The strip used humor and social commentary to fire up its readers. In other words, being super dramatic to get people talking about the strip and buy more newspapers because of it. The Yellow Kid was also the first comic strip to use word balloons, which became the standard for dialogue in all comic strips and books to come after it. Let's go back a second, Ren. Comic strips, what are those? Comic strips tell a short story with art and word bubbles, sometimes in a single panel, sometimes in three to four, and usually with recurring characters. That means using the same characters each time. Hey, it's usually just you and I on these missions to learn. Are we recurring characters? <laughs> I guess we are. appearing in newspapers and magazines in the late 19th century and became wildly popular. In the early 20th century, comic strips are appearing in most of the major newspapers, especially in the United States. Are these comic strips about superheroes? Not yet. Most of the early strips are aimed at kids, but then cartoonists, what the artists behind the strips were called, started to make content that included mystery, action, and adventure. And in 1930s came the comic strip that would change the comic book game. Superman makes his debut. Created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster as a comic strip, Superman becomes so popular so fast that the publishers behind it repurpose the strips into book form, just like The Yellow Kid. And in 1938, Action Comics number one debuts with Superman on its cover. Ooh, that's the famous picture of Superman lifting a car over his head, right? That's it, Drac. Although other hero comic strips like Dick Tracy and The Shadow existed, Superman is the one that creates the costumed, super-powered hero game for good. Drag Fact Attack! Ooh, this is a good one. Action Comics number one is also the most valuable comic book ever. A mint condition copy once sold for over three million dollars. Three million bucks? But think of how many more comics you could buy with that money! Comic book collecting is a huge industry. More on that later. The next couple of decades are what's known as the golden age of comics. Heroes like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America arrive, and the sales of comic books skyrocket. During World War II, comics are not only enjoyed as entertainment, but also a way to recruit soldiers and promote patriotism. There's even a comic book cover that shows Captain America punching out Adolf Hitler. I mean, let's be honest, that sounds totally satisfying. And it was for many young men in America. As a matter of fact, by 1944, almost half the men in the armed forces identified as avid comic book readers. Reading comics would be a great way to spend your downtime if you were far from home and fighting for your country. Right? As popular as comic books were, that would all change when the war came to an end. You see, many publishers decided to cash in on comic books' popularity, so they started making comics for adults. While the superhero stuff was for kids, stories centered around war, romance, western, science fiction, and horror were aimed at more mature eyeballs. How did they keep kids from reading those comics? They didn't. And that was a big problem. There was no system in place to let parents know what their kids were looking at. That led to a huge backlash against the comic book industry, and massive censorship that led to the cancellation of almost every comic that wasn't a big kid's brand, like Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman. Censorship? What does that word mean? It's basically a fancy way of saying someone's ideas, words, or art has to be muted. Big time. 
Well, that doesn't sound nice. Agreed. So what happened after just a few comic book titles were left? The comic business would stay stuck in a rut until 1956, when DC Comics ushered in what is known as the Silver Age of Comic Books, with updated versions of lesser-known characters such as The Flash, Hawkman, and Green Lantern. And a new rival for their business arrives on the scene. I'm going to guess it's a pretty marvelous one. Ooh, I like that, computer. So, what do I win for guessing correctly that Marvel Comics is about to change the comic book business forever? You win me continuing to help educate you on all things comic books, Drac. A super prize for sure. to create the first Marvel comic book, Fantastic Four. That comic success paved the way for other legendary titles in the 60s, such as Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, and The X-Men. And of course, Captain America was still slinging his shield too. What was it about Marvel comics that made them so special and stand out from the competition? The creators of these comics tried to make their characters more like real people. They'd argue or fight amongst themselves and show real flaws and limitations despite their powers. Readers must have loved seeing real personalities along with those capes and costumes. Exactly, Drac. Writing the characters that way also attracted older readers. Marvel Comics weren't seen as something just for kids as their popularity grew. As the industry moved through the 60s and into the 70s, the effects of society and culture began to show up on comic book pages as well. Stories would include music, art, or political influence from the real world, or tackle important topics such as racism and war. I love that comics weren't afraid to mirror what was happening to their readers' experiences. This also helped pave the way for characters of color, such as Black Panther, Luke Cage, and Storm, as well as DC heroes like Cyborg and Vixen, who were getting their own books and stories too. Back to DC Comics for a second. Did their stories get more realistic after Marvel's success? They sure did, Drac. Both Superman and Batman got gritty updates with their stories Man of Steel and The Dark Knight Returns in the mid-1980s. These iconic characters were reintroduced to a new generation as much more realistic versions of the heroes their grandparents grew up with. Did new audiences love the new direction? For a little while, but then it seemed as if every comic book character was going dark with their storytelling. And this led to a period called the Dark Ages, when comic book sales once again slumped. Well, comic books are still a booming business today. How did they survive yet again? Well, all of the superhero movies from the last few years helped revive interest in the origins of all these heroes' stories. Comic books! Are Marvel and DC the only companies that put out comic books? Nope! Independent creators and publishers are everywhere in comics, with every kind of storytelling and art you could imagine. That's helped keep comic books alive, too. There's something for everybody out there. What other types of comic styles are there, Ren? 
One of the most popular is called manga, which are comics and graphic novels from Japan which are defined by their black and white pages. Manga is also published in weekly chapters, as opposed to a comic book, which comes out once a month. Those chapters can later be published in bigger form, like a more traditional comic. Hey, you mentioned graphic novels. What makes them different from comic books? The most simple answer is that a graphic novel is usually written to be published as a long-form story, not a once-a-month release like normal comics. But a lot of comics, or at least their most popular storylines, do get released as graphic novels at some point. Sounds to me like there's not a whole lot of difference if a comic book company wants to make some more money by reselling comics that have already come out. Kind of like taking existing comic strips and printing them in book form, eh, Jack? Whoa, exactly like that. Okay, Bren, one last question, and my thirst for knowledge is quenched. This cosplay thing we're doing to go to the comic book convention, why do they call it that? <laughs> I know this one without the computer's help. It's just short for costume play, Drag. And it's dressing up as a specific character from a movie, show, comic, or video game to show your love for them. Well, you and I do love Octogal and Flame Fiend the most. So let's get to that Comic-Con already. Should we take the Dracmobile? Nah, we don't want to take any attention away from all the amazing artists and writers there with our shenanigans. Power down, Coffin. So, Bestie, ready to wait for several hours to get into that movie panel? Ugh. I totally forgot about that. Maybe we should buy a bunch of comic books to read to help pass the time while we wait? Great minds think alike. If you enjoyed today's episode of Drek, make sure to press that follow button so you can join us for the next episode right here on Go Kid Go Network. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features, like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.